0: fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker Podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett,
1: how are you? Gosh, I'm just... You wouldn't even believe how good I am. Actually, I reached into my briefcase on my way over here and uh, stabbed my knuckle on on a watch tool. That's... And so, yeah. So you're great, is what I'm hearing. I'm great, except that I stabbed my knuckle.
0: You know, that's okay.
1: I'm wearing a good watch that I love. Yeah, that I can't talk about. Secret. What what do they call that? Uh, Embargoed. Embargoed. We also we also spend a good amount of time researching a topic for next week's episode that's also embargoed the embargoed
0: it's an embargo month for us that we can't talk about yeah which Suckers. is also kind of exciting yeah. but
1: we know we know things you don't know not many though
0: <laughs> very few <laughs> we're on a listserv very few uh what what are you doing the the, the carpet pad you need to adjust your chair because you've the, got it folded up the moves you're making the desk mat for the chairs uh, I was the, trying to roll a little bit. It's not sticking to the ah, shit. I was I was good until just now, and I've now lost control. I'm it's it's the wheels have
1: already fallen off, and there. this is a bad night for the wheels to fall Ooh. off it's quite so early. They
0: have they have fallen off. So, um, well, that's a yeah. We have an exciting couple of weeks ahead of us.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, blue raspberry Bud Light seltzer is. It's really good.
0: These it's, are these are I mean I, we're going to get a teaser, but these are my other things so we can't talk about oh, them anymore oh, 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 right now. Oh, shit, 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 yeah. shit. Okay. Uh
1: I do want some like slushy ice though.
0: Yeah, I I want to put these in a slushy machine.
1: Okay. We we we'll, we'll, we'll hold it. Yep. I'm waiting. I'm holding. Andrew, how are you?
0: Uh I'm good. I had you know one of those days of exceptional productivity where you just go and go and go and go and you're <laughs> getting all these things off of your to-do list done and you're feeling really good and then you look back at what you accomplished and nothing looks different that's the day that i had i was feeling uh, oh, really yeah. good and then i tried to like look back on what i accomplished not a mucho D- disappointing for how much i know i did today mm-hmm but that's okay. Tomorrow's going to be a slow day. Daycare got canceled because teachers are calling out sick. So my day two of weekend productivity is going to be lost to solo parenting, which means I'm going to hang out and watch TV all day.
1: Nice. Do you have any uh, plans on what you're going to watch? No. Have you considered?
0: I know. I know exactly what I'm going to watch. Moonlight.
1: Okay. Um... We are talking about watches today.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think, you know, I think this is one of those topics that we thought is not enough to talk about. This is going to be a lame episode. It's not going to be long enough. I think we're probably going to be.
0: We'll be long. We'll, and, I, and I think we felt we feel that way about a lot of episodes. Hey, listen, don't
1: don't don't be pessimistic. I think we can do it.
0: I know we will. Because we have started already <laughs> and the record button's been hit. We can do this. There's no way out. Uh, I I think I was a little concerned that there wasn't going to be. I, and I think you know what we ultimately found out is there is no clear answer. But I'm surprised by the opinions that I gleaned from looking at this. Why don't you set us up? What's what's tonight's <clears throat> episode? So. The, the question. This is a question episode that we're seeking to answer, and it's what happened to Citizen. Seiko and Citizen were founded generally the same time. Seiko 40 years earlier than Citizen. Seiko exclusively in Japan. Citizen, a Swiss-Japanese venture. And then grew up in the watch world together, survived the courts crisis together, and took vastly different trajectories. And so the question is, why do we as watch enthusiasts hold Seiko in such high regard and Citizen not so much? And certainly if you're at
1: home and you're like, oh, Citizen's just as good. Who has that opinion? The the answer is like the majority of people. So shut up, A. And B, you're fine. You're fine, okay? We're not criticizing you. It's not... A judgment. I think it's just almost inarguable that the watch head, the watch enthusiast, the watchinato, the (laughs) watchinista that the watch people we like Seiko and we maybe like Citizen less on average, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: on balance.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's inarguable.
1: And so your 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 opening statement, what happened to Seiko, I think that's a, or what happened to Citizen. I think that's a little unfair. Because uh, nothing has happened to, to Citizen. It's still like one of the biggest watch companies in the world and they sell almost as many watches as Seiko. Blah, 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 blah. But rather, why why don't we respect Citizen? Why don't we give Citizen the respect
0: it deserves?
1: We. I accept. The proverbial we.
0: As long as it's not the they. They is an asshole. I don't care what they does. And
1: I'm Definitely in that camp. <laughs> I don't respect Citizen. Fuck, At that. All. Fuck
0: that guy. Fuck that Citizen. Uh, I, I, Thinking about this episode, I found that I, on average, like Seiko more. There are fewer Seikos that I dislike than there are Citizens that I dislike. And that's kind of where I landed. Well, that's the
1: nice thing about both these brands is there's 10 billion SKUs to hate, yep. And realistically, nine point nine nine billion of the SKUs are terrible for yeah, both. Very bad,
0: very bad. I think Seiko has more likable SKUs. I think you're right. Many more likable SKUs, and I think the in the watch world, and I think even the world at large, the the brand name has greater capital. I think there's more legacy associated with Seiko than there is Citizen, and we'll get there on, well, on why I think that.
1: Well, why don't we do it this way? So let's back up um, and let's just run through the histories. So I think it's fine because this this episode is intended to be kind of Citizen focused, but mm-hmm. we've we've drawn it up as a comparison of Seiko and Citizen for I hope I hope kind of obvious reasons. Um, so, so in that light, in that context, I think it makes sense to start with Seiko and just w- where they came from, w- what they did over the years. Mm-hmm. So started in 1881 by Kintaro Hattori.
0: I accept. As
1: K. Hattori. He was a watch and jewelry maker.
0: Mm-hmm. Clock.
1: Clock watch yeah. jewelry maker in? The Japan. In the Japan. 1892 it becomes Seikosha. We're getting closer. Mm -hmm. Seikosha means literally roughly house of exquisite workmanship.
0: Which is a bold statement. (laughs) And then
1: by 1924, I think that there was some sort of um some sort of IP situation. Saikosha becomes Seiko, the brand we know and love today. Yeah. And they've made a bucket load of watches, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we see them on the cutting edge of research and development in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and into the 90s. You know, we see the, the quartz crisis spurned on by their release. We see the Astron. We see the pioneering of kinetic movements and then in the night in the late 90s in 99 we see the spring drive release yes so so 69 <laughs> uh double
1: 69 we've got the first auto chronograph to market i'm mm-hmm. sorry that's the that's the truth there's no ifs ands or buts about it yeah the Seiko 5 chrono first automatic chronograph to market uh and also in '69, the first quartz. We've talked about these both of these advents a number of times. Um, the Seiko Astron, you just mentioned solar technology '77. Mm-hmm. They're in the solar game in the '80s, 1988. The AGS or the Kinetic, and then like you said, 1999 Spring Drive. So that's that's sort of like the who's who of Seiko development. It, it ignores some of the design stuff.
0: Yeah, well, and also during this time, they're doing all manner of things to increase their accuracy of watches. Uh, They have the official sponsorship of the Olympics for 64, 72, 92, 94, 98, 2002, the World Cup in 78, 82, 86, and 90, and the IAAF World Championships from 1985, a contract they still hold and will until 2029 when it comes up for renegotiation and we imagine they're going to get it again i can't it's one imagine of those they, types of yeah. contracts yeah it's it's there just has to be some kind of stop to renegotiate and get seiko more money i imagine and in that vein
1: they've released a watch for the <laughs> 2022 world championships being held just a mere just a matter of miles walking distance from where we
0: sit today long and- walk though well, not some not a distance. you're, you're- Anyone would be comfortable walking.
1: Well, why are you going to make it a thing? It's it's, it's far, a walking distance. Christ Almighty! It's farther than I'm <laughs> going to walk
0: uh,
1: at the at the historic, as they say, the historic Hayward Field, which is brand new and just been built, which is <laughs> the greatest track and field facility in the country for sure, if not mm. the world. So,
0: but that's what that's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a company who's on the cutting edge of research and development getting their name out there with enormous sponsorships, global name and brand recognition, and wrecking the watch world with their Quartz release. Mm -hmm. (laughs) By the way, we're going to make something, and then with this other thing, we're going to make a totally absolute what up. (laughs) What up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you want to walk us through the history of Citizen? Yeah. So, Citizen, we've got there's there's some conflicting opinions as to the exact year of the founding citizens website says 1921 i believe generally elsewhere 1918 yes yeah, so a registered company was registered yeah. in 1918 yeah. 1980 1918 1918 1980 it was just it just was a zombie from 1918 to 1980 no <laughs> 1918 it is founded as a Japanese and Swiss venture making. Nope. Yeah, f- founded yeah, by, yeah, by a Swiss yeah. guy. Rodolf. Schmidt. Yeah, so Schmidt, but they're not they're they're operating in Switzerland mm. specifically to provide products to Japan. All the way through. The 1930s, that's their function. Swiss watches for Japan. Yeah. 1976, we see the introduction of the EcoDrive. And this is on the, like, dead heat. Huh? Yeah, ish. Right, eh. because, yeah. But this is their their attempt to answer.
1: Well, so importantly, I'm going to insert a thing real quick, and then okay. we'll come back to 1976. So in 1930, so they're started by, by, by Schmid, Mm-hmm. Swiss watch dude. In 1918, in 1930, Citizen gets purchased by Japanese by a Japanese investor group. So that's important. So mm, yes, okay. First part of their first part of their life, they're a Swiss company. By 1930, they're purchased by a group of Japanese investors and then held as a Japanese company from then on. Swiss made though.
0: Right, that's the the whole thing. Is that some of them Swiss were made. They, and,
1: they yeah. mostly moved their production to Japan in the 30s, increasingly in the 30s, and then almost entirely.
0: So, 1976 introduction of the Eco Drive, just trying to answer the quartz crisis, and they this we're seeing this pioneering of solar technology in watches. and watches, and called the Criston at the time.
1: So, yes. Eco Drive's no not yet a thing, but this is the predecessor, certainly the. The soul of EcoDrive introduced in 76, a year before Seiko. The
0: the origin story, if you will. And EcoDrive becomes their focus. They're still making quartz, they're still making automatic and mechanical movements, but EcoDrive really becomes the heart and soul of their watches. And that's their driving momentum for the next. Ever. I mean, we see currently they're trying to make a shift back to uh, big name brand affiliations. Uh, They partnered with Disney in 2018 to start doing all of their collaborations. They, in the 2000s, they also started acquiring more brands. And I think this is a big, uh, this is really (coughs) one of the big differences between Seiko and Citizen. Seiko is, uh, we're going to call it a standalone watch company. They have Loris and Pulsar, their white label stuff. They've got Grand Seiko, but we're going to call it, in the watch segment, a standalone, right? Because Yeah, not because, really a conglomerate. Because Seiko, as a, as a conglomerate, is a conglomerate. They make like printers and calculators and computers and shit. So does Citizen. But Citizen also requires... Boulevard, Alpina, Frederica Constant, Le Jupare, other meaningful watch brands, and that's how they're 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 spreading their fingers out into the world that way rather than than the way Seiko has been doing it with enormous sponsorships because Citizen sponsorship list is pretty short. Mm. They were the official sponsor of the US Open from ninety three to twenty seventeen. Which is significant, especially when you consider the 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 Tag Heuer, the Rolex kind of feel within golf sponsorships, uh, and then the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> because Ma- of course, Manchester United Football Club, and the ISU World Skating Championships, and that's their sponsorship list. Some pretty low level sponsorships that I imagine besides the US Open aren't getting a lot of people buying watches (laughs) yeah (laughs) you don't think the world's getting uh
1: yeah yeah so a few I just thought I'd highlight a few other things that I read about history Mm -hmm. so so first I want to say if you go to citizens website to the history section they basically skip from 1924 to like 2009 ish yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> 1995 i think is where they skip forward. So um but they do have some other notable stuff. So in in the 50s um Citizen sort of starts the Japanese dive watch game with mm-hmm. the first Japanese waterproof watch. And all waterproof, yep. Uh called the Parawater. It's an interesting i think it's a pretty interesting watch. Uh 76 like you said the Eco-Drive is debuted as the Criston, but they're really sort of pushing the tech on EcoDrive, right? And it's not until the 90s where they finalized that by way of advancements in lithium technology. So, they're sort of early adopters of technology in that space, which is why EcoDrive becomes the the standard that it is today. Um 2010 UHF262, which is just a crazy cool bipolar movement. Mm-hmm. what we think of as a Bolivar movement, a Miota movement, but mm-hmm. obviously made by Citizen. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I think today they've got like the 0100 EcoDrive most accurate movement in the world. So they're still doing things through this time, but it just feels like they're the type of things that are less
0: sort of splashy. Yeah, and they're almost in a vacuum, it, almost independent of what the what's happening in the world around them they're they're innovating their technology they're not pioneering new technology y- yeah yeah i think that's super accurate and, and and we're seeing we're seeing some really cool stuff from them in the modern in the way of the new hyper accurate eco drives they're doing really cool super titanium stuff i mean they're they're still they're improving their own technology though
1: yeah in subtle ways that yeah. are maybe that are maybe hard to put a finger on but i i mean i think it's fair to say that in terms of quartz technology citizen is king shit when it comes to accuracy right yeah the 0100 the 0200 these new movements are mechanical movements right uh, oh no eco drive movements excuse me and Zero one hundred is EcoDrive. Zero two hundred is a mechanical. We just talked about this.
0: I don't um, remember which order. One of them is mechanical. One of them's EcoDrive.
1: And these movements are nuts. They're they're super nuts. You know, we, we everybody talks about the launching VHP, uh, but you know Citizen Chronomaster slash the Citizen has been plus or minus five seconds a day for years, which is which is more accurate so you know you know we've talked about this a lot sort of diminishing returns but you're right citizens sort of the company that is eking out incremental returns that has made them the leader in certain regards certainly accuracy incremental returns is we're the boss
0: with these incremental we're we're the king's with these and you're not gonna be able to beat us Any other watch brand could start working on it now and would never be able to catch up to or surpass their abilities. Yeah. The institutional knowledge associated with it is just... So... Can, Can we start talking about some... Now that we have them in parallel... Can I can I mention what I think my biggest difference is? Yeah, tell me. I think Citizen has defined itself by way of the Eco-Drive being a cool piece of technology. I think Citizen and and, and you know, we look back at their dive watch pioneering the first waterproof watch. And it's not obviously actually waterproof, but it was the first purpose-built dive watch in Japan. They've defined themselves as a gadget watch brand. And I think that's where watch enthusiasts see Citizen fall behind Seiko. Seiko's got a lot of gadget watches. But Seiko also has buckets of really clean, really refined, non gadget watches. Citizen has buckets of gadgeted out, cool as fuck tool watches and a little smattering of classic, simple, elegant watches. Yeah. And I think we as watch enthusiasts look, we, we like tool watches. We bitch and moan when every when, when a brand has three dressy watches and no tool watch, but right. we, we just don't <laughs> want the density of tool watches. If Citizen just had the Nighthawk, and then the rest of their lineup, I think that they would be in the watch enthusiast size, right on par with Seiko. It's interesting, <clears throat> I, I you
1: know I, I think I. I think you're onto something and and there's some assumptions that I probably held loosely uh, that I kind of want to, as I sit here, uh, explore a little bit. So I I wrote down some, I wrote down some watches from both models and I thought Mm -hmm. I'll just bring these up some models from both brands. And I thought I'll just bring these up and, and I'll just say them real quick and then we can come back. So what I did was just kind of from memory own down, write down the watches from, from these companies that I can think of. So for Seiko, obviously SNK, SKX mm-hmm. at the Arnie slash tuna, Marine Master 300, SARB, Alpinist, Samurai Monster, Grand Seiko, Snowflake. Mm-hmm. King Seiko, a little bit older. The Turtle. These are just the ones the, the that Cocktail I, Time. The Cocktail Time. So these are just the watches that I kind of like, from my gut, was like, okay, what do I know of? And then I did the same thing for for Citizen. And here's what I came up with. The Fugu, mm-hmm. which it, it bears to mention, I think that the Fubu... Fubu? Fugu. Fugu,
0: yeah. Fubu is different. For us, guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fugu which is i believe the longest production iso certified watch of all watches iso certified dive watch i don't think that there's another iso certified dive watch that's been in production consistently as long as the fugu uh this this the citizen slash chronomaster the promaster eco drive the bm 8180 like which is their like field watch and then the Aqualand. So those are the watches, the hypey watches that I just could think of from the gut. And I'm sure that there's more, right? There's tons. There's tons. But those are the ones that like are deep-seated in my conscious. Um, and, you know, one one of those lists is about twice as big as the other. And, and it's not even if I had spent any more time, I could have come up with two times as many Seikos.
0: And maybe five more Citizens?
1: Perhaps. Maybe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe if I really, really worked at it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm skipping a lot of watches. I'm skipping watches that I don't care about. Um, but th- I think the deal is Seiko's got more hypey watches.
0: I think they do a better job in the American market, too. Citizen USA is not nearly as robust as Seiko USA.
1: I don't think that's true. So I think, and and here's why. I think that the average consumer, so we're special, right? We're broken. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the average consumer, let's say someone who wants a, a $300 watch. The average consumer, I do not think... Is able to make a meaningful, I like it, I don't like it distinction between citizen and Seiko. And to the extent they could, I bet that if you pull people who know nothing about watches, adult men, say 20 to 40 years old, not trying to be, not trying to, I'm just trying to limit the sample size here. Yeah. Adult men 20 to 40, I bet if you pulled them, generally speaking, citizen would be just slightly more well-liked
0: than Seiko. You think so? I do. <clears throat> I think... If I had to guess. If I I'm mean, pro- I'm, I'm imagining that person who's going to buy a watch, who knows nothing about watches, going to the Fred Meyer Jewelers or the Kroger Jeweler counter or Macy's counter, and they see Citizen and Seiko side by side. I think, generally... People going to that counter are going to tend towards a slightly more conservative watch and are not going to find that necessarily in Citizen. They're going to find it in Seiko, in droves, especially at those counters. They're going to find Corsos and Chandlers and and all manner of, you know, their smaller sport options. But they're going to find it in Bulova too. Mm. And that's, I think, I think if you pull the umbrella of citizen in i think citizen absolutely gets the edge over seiko
1: well so you know in terms of in terms of sales numbers they sell almost exactly the same amount i think it's like two and a half billion um Mm -hmm. a piece annually right so these companies are are separated by a, a razor's edge in terms of market segment so so there's no question that they're both juggernauts, right? And so I think the thing we're talking about is maybe impossible to, to prove. But that's my that's my field, that the average mall consumer, just call them the mall consumer. Yeah. The average mall consumer is either doesn't feel like there's a difference or probably lean citizen.
0: Why don't we then, as watch enthusiasts? I have a theory. Do me.
1: And I'm going to throw it out there. Uh-huh. I think that Seiko as a brand, Seiko's reliance on the... uh, Not reliance. Their commitment to entry-level mechanical watches through the doldrums of the 80s and 90s has earned them the spot that they have with enthusiasts today because everybody who gets into watches, at some point either flirts or just straight on dives on in to the mechanical watch as the watch enthusiast watch, the movement of choice, and then we later decide, well, quartz is okay, which we all do, Um, but when you're in those first few years, the thing that separates a good watch from a bad watch is a mechanical movement, often, right? Not for everybody, but for many people, that is the thing that is the defining characteristic of watch Seiko as a brand committed to the mechanical movement through the eighties and nineties when nobody was making entry-level mechanical watches in a way, in a way that citizen just didn't. Obviously citizen had their watches, you know, there's a few other companies that had watches, but Seiko is the answer for an entry-level quartz in the late nineties. I want, or not quartz, mechanical. Mm-hmm. In the late '90s, if you want an entry level mechanical watch, it's Seiko. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's nostalgia.
1: I don't think it's nostalgia. I think it was availability.
0: No, no, I think I think our opinion of it now is the nostalgia, I, because everyone maybe learned behaviors. The 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 collective brain power of of watch collecting, it's pretty old. Right, there's a lot of it, but in in the modern era, everyone buys an SNK or an SKX because they're affordable. They're one of they're two of the most common first mechanical movements. Is it a nostalgia thing? I mean.
1: I don't think so. I think it's a reality thing, right? It, I want an entry level, legit field watch. Yeah, I want to spend hundred bucks. You you have some choices, right? And you have more choices now than you did in twenty fifteen when we started mm-hmm. doing this. Um, but in twenty fifteen, it's like, SNK, BM eighty one eighty. Those are your choices. Mm-hmm. One of them's automatic. One of them's quartz. I want an entry level dive watch. Well, you can either get a SKX or you can get a ProMaster. And, and, for me, the Fugu, I didn't. I wasn't even aware of it until much later. You know, obviously Orient Mako was in that game too, yeah, right?
0: Well, we're talking about Citizen and Seiko, right? That's
1: now. right. As between the two, those are your choices. So I can get this EcoDrive quartz thing that's just a watch that anybody could get because it's quartz, or I can get this makes me cooler mechanical option from from Seiko. Uh, you know. I think that that's what happens. Mm -hmm. I think that that's what happens. In some respects, I would say Orient gets a little bit more love, especially from the entry-level enthusiasts than Citizen does, even though their watches are priced very similar, similarly the entry-level watches. (laughs) Orient Orient gets the nod in places where Citizen doesn't because of mechanical.
0: And because of Seiko, because of the relationship with Seiko. That's right. the, yeah, the I auto, think you're right. Yeah, yeah, the mechanical movement, but the relationship with Seiko, I think, gives Orient some credibility that if it were standalone, it might not.
1: And the irony of and it all certainly this certainly wouldn't
0: if it were a subsidiary of Citizen.
1: The irony of all this is the 7S4R movement is inferior in almost every single way to the 9000 and in many ways to the 8000. Yeah, right. Miyota is the boss at entry-level mechanical movements. Yeah. You've got the Swiss shit. You've got Seiko. And then in a
0: perfect,
1: in a perfect marriage of the best parts of both of those, you've got Citizen. The Citizen 9000, you know, I've said it 100 times, my favorite entry-level movement. There's just mm-hmm. nothing that compares to it, I don't think. it's. I like it better than an SW. I like it better than an ETA because it's cheaper and you get it and you can get it i like it better than a nh or uh you know an nh mm-hmm. or or a 7s or whatever because it's not hockey puck thick mm-hmm. right it is a wonderful movement microgram microbrand brands have been using it for ages it's reliable you know you don't have any sort of you don't have any sort of weird or overly prevalent defects or defaults. I mean, it's just,
0: it's the king's shit.
1: It's not what Citizen, the brand, was doing, though.
0: Do you think people would be upset if they realized that Citizen was producing, was filling the majority of micro brands? <laughs> wow. I mean, like, not watch enthusiasts, because everyone knows that, but it's, mm-hmm. it's weird to think that... Citizen is so tied up in so many things. Yeah, Max Busser uses yes.
1: uses a Miyota movement in his Mad 1 watch, right? Yeah. Citizen is in the... It got their fingers in it.
0: In all of it. In a, in a way that I think Seiko does not. And I think something that Citizen has done that supports some of our early watch collecting notions of citizen sucks is they have an extensive fashion line. Yeah, well, Uh, and so does Seiko. I think different than Seiko, there is a lot, there's a lot of ugly Seiko's. (laughs) (laughs) But there are a lot more gnarly ugly citizens. Mm. Like why why who buys that? and why did you buy that kind of watches
1: yeah i don't disagree
0: like C- citizen sort of leans invicta <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're almost following invicta and movado and like oh they, those are cool they're not right. <laughs> i think it i think it it is a, to the detriment of how cool the eco drive movement is and all of the effort they're putting into to the actual like urology side mm. of the company that they're also doing watches in line with fossil and michael kors yeah wow and and, and you know that that's except a- that they put an eco drive movement in it which makes it dope <laughs> like it's just it's it's oddity it's a fair criticism right but but arguably
1: you know as between them and Seiko, seiko does the same exact shit so so just kind of running through the product lines, the most prevalent product lines, because mm. they kind of match up, I think, like one-to-one almost. So the, the, the big differences are, I think, in grade and with the entry-level options. So Seiko's got the Seiko 5 Sports line. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Citizen has anything comparable. Citizen has watches that might fall into that category, particularly in Japan, mm-hmm. but but Seiko Five Sports is sort of unique in watches, and and I think that that sort of puts a that sort of puts up a, a point on the earlier point that we discussed, which is that entry level automatics is is maybe w- one of the linchpins here. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then you move up the line, and it's sort of one-to-one right we've got the prospects you got mm-hmm. ProMaster. we've got you know presage which i guess citizens all kind of presage ish as is seiko you've got the astron you got satellite wave mm-hmm. you've got grand seiko and on citizen side you've got the citizen slash chronomaster lines although one of those is more developed than the other. You've got Seiko Solar, you've got EcoDrive. One of those is more developed than the other.
0: Yeah. I think there's a, a generally lacking upmarket. I mean, the, the Citizen exists, but not with the same density. Yeah. and It's just not nearly as robust as Grand Seiko. And Grand Seiko is a bit of a standalone from Seiko, but hasn't well, always been. Yeah, just recently. Yeah. Hasn't always been, and that's. It's not to say that Citizen is lacking in upmarket watches; they just don't have a clear delineation. I mean, that new titanium Super Accurates what fifteen thousand?
1: Oh, you mean money? Yeah, yeah, they're expensive, and, and they only made like six. Yeah, or something. <laughs> that's right. They didn't make very
0: many it, of them. There, there's not upmarket accessibility at Citizen. That's right. Which is maybe. I mean, to the detriment to the reinforcement of citizens better or Seiko's better than citizen because they don't have eh, anything accessible in the luxury realm.
1: Well, like their chronomaster, they've been making the chronomaster, the citizen line for years, decades, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, but that watch has always been focused on the JDM market. Mm-hmm. So there's not only is there no focus in the U.S. It's really hard to get. I know aggressive timing habits either has or had one at one point, and it's like you know super cool watch. You can get them, but you got to know you a you got to know about it, and b you got to go find them. But if you want a super accurate quartz movement that's built like a freaking Grand Seiko, I mean a you could buy a Grand Seiko, or yeah, or b you could buy buy a
0: chronomaster and heck yeah which is not accessible just heck yeah yeah it's easier to get a grand seiko right (laughs) (laughs) you can buy it and have it shipped to you with like through one vendor i think if you're going to buy a chronomaster you might have to use a broker
1: (laughs) yeah perhaps actually that yahoo auctions japan Mm -hmm. i think uh i think we should do an that that should be an episode I'm gonna pitch an episode live on the air. Okay. We need to find citizen watches via Yahoo Auctions Japan that we had never heard of, and talk about them on the
0: show. I think we'd find them quick. Yeah. Well, I. Think I they're, they're, that's what I'm saying. That's an easy episode. Enormous. <laughs> that's that's what I want. It's low lift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, their their JDM and JDM market is very robust. Yeah. It's just not. The same here. I want the JDM stuff. Give me that JDM. And and what's, I mean, we've talked about JDM before. With the amount of e commerce and globalization, there is no sense in JDM products anymore.
1: You know, I think it's a cultural thing. Uh, You know, Japan has a history of being an isolationist country, right? So it's an island what you know so geographically there's this divide there's a physical divide by way of water but then also culturally right there's this culture of sort of isolationism in japan i think that the jdm market is a modern continuation of that it's more subtle but i think that that is just partly partially the culture if I had to guess, and and I am not a I am not an expert in Japanese culture, so I am guessing a hundred percent with absolutely no knowledge
0: to back that up. I think it's a dig at Americans. They wouldn't like this. We're not going to bother selling it to them. They wouldn't <laughs> yeah. understand it.
1: Perhaps you, you going to make it? Yeah, I'm just gonna. Andrew is slowly opening a corked beer. Yeah, you opened it so it didn't make any noise. Yeah. Most of the time, you put the tab as close to the microphone as you can.
0: Well, this I didn't. I also didn't want it to blow up. Aaron,
1: fair enough. So there's a brewery. We've talked about it on the show before, I think.
0: Called I'm sure we have.
1: Alesong, which is local to Eugene, but they make really good sort of naturally yeasted farm-style ales.
0: They're somewhere between a vineyard and a brewery. Yeah, in, that's in really, their in their flavor profiles and in their brewing habits and development and
1: really developed sours and farmhouses and they make you know just some of the best most delightful beer you'll ever have in your life and the drinking one I'm a little
0: jelly. You should be. I'm drinking a sour ale aged in French oak fouders with mirabelle plum.
1: It's very good. It's legit. Let me get a sip. Let me get a sip, brew.
0: I'm going to give you out of the glass so you don't get the the yeast pop. He's breaking keto right now for this. It's real good. Yeah.
1: Good temperature, too. It's not too cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, that's delightful. That's delightful. So, so should we sum up? Are we there yet? I want
0: a side by side uh, two pairs. Let's do it. So, Um, you know, we've talked about some comparisons, some cool things, top of mind. I I grabbed a pair of or two watches from each of these brands and just did a side by side. I didn't score them, but I just did a side by side. First is the Citizen Corso on a bracelet. Dress sport, 260 bucks. Eco drive movement, 40 millimeter case, 23 millimeter lugs, which is weird. But you know, whatever. Uh, mineral crystal, hundred meters of water resistance, two hundred sixty bucks. I know that watch. I don't love that watch. I'm sorry. I think but, it's the lug width. Yeah it's 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 a it's a little bit weird dimensions, but it's a classically styled, attractive dress sport. Sort of octagonal ish, a little, little bit. Yeah. Up against the dress KX the SRPE55K1 189 bucks on Amazon right now by the way using a 4R 105 189 okay I'm like I'm gonna buy another one <laughs> 4R36 movement 40 by 20 dimensions hardlex crystal on a bracelet 100 meters of water resistance the true difference here is you know design right geometry the corso is Seventy dollars more. Eco Drive. But I mean, these are very comparable watches. Next is going to be the. Well, do you want? Do you want to say something?
1: Well, I, yeah, I, you, you know, I think it's an interesting pitting of the two. I, I mean, why did you pick the? So the dress KX, I think, is an obvious choice. Why did you pick the Corso
0: to go it, up a dead? It is the dress sport that they offer on a bracelet that I like the most. In their modern line. Yeah, in the modern line because the vintage Seikos from the 50s and 60s range from like 80 to 200 bucks in running condition and they are fire. Mm-hmm. I might, or not vintage Seikos, vintage, vintage Citizen. Citizens. Yep. I might start buying vintage Citizens. Yeah, I think that's a game right there, vintage Citizen. There's some shit there. There's some fire and there's some really good vintage Citizen Digitals. Yeah. Yeah, I might have I might have sparked a problem. So next I chose my favorite diver from the affordable citizen collection in the ProMaster. It's the BN0191-55C. It's the steel with a blue bezel. This is your basic B, yeah. yeah. ProMaster, dive watch. Not not the monster, not not the monster diver. Just not your the forty-eight millimeter. Yeah, and and not the one that has like a ninety millimeter bezel and an eight millimeter dial. Just your run-of-the-mill, classically styled, prospect dive watch, ISO certified. One thing that I that I don't can't fully wrap my head around is is the differentiation of movements that Citizen offers. Every watch has a different movement. I don't know if they're just different sizes. Or, I mean, there's tiers, but this, this is rocking uh, an E168 45 millimeters with 22 millimeter lugs, mineral crystal, 200 meters of water resistance, and on a bracelet, 316 bucks. Pitted against the SRPE 89K1 Seiko Turtle with a 4R35 movement, 42 by 20 hard lex, 200 meters of water resistance on a bracelet for $309. And again, the, the difference here, I think, in a purchasing decision is do I want spec? They're almost identical. Geometry is a little different. Price is $6 apart. What it comes down to is do I want an eco drive or an automatic? At least for me very similar and I, you know the turtle has all this legacy associated with it and i think we hold the turtle in a special place in our hearts so i think most people choose a turtle most watch people choose a turtle for that reason but this comparison is what makes me a little bit inclined to agree with your position that citizen actually holds the edge on the macy's counter guy
1: yeah you know i i'll I'll say one more thing about this Because these are watches you've picked because of their similarity in the market, right? Mm So the Corso's um, quite a bit more expensive than the Dress KX. As Mm -hmm. between the ProMaster and the Turtle, the price is very similar. Um, I don't know about the Corso build quality. I mean, because I've never handled one, but I know as between the Turtle and and the ProMaster Diver it is in my mind almost no competition the turtle the fit and finish on the turtle is better so you, you know with seiko you've got like alignment issues and whatnot but in terms of metal finishing mm-hmm. which seiko is known for seiko kicks the shit out of citizens so that's another thing to th- that's another thing to consider right is that seiko's entry level at entries entry level watches we'll say uh the fit and finish is is really pretty decent. For 150 bucks, oftentimes you're getting a pretty well finished watch. That dress KX, the finish on it is great, right? You've got some fitment issues, you've got some alignment issues, but generally speaking, it's a great it's a great fit. So you have got automatic, you got slightly better finishing, IMO. But yeah, do you want a quartz movement? And if so, maybe do the citizen.
0: And it's not just a regular quartz movement; it's EcoDrive, and it's the coolest movement on the market. Yeah, I'm all of things, man.
1: So I wanted to say one more thing because there is one other thing about Citizen. I I thought I wrote it down here somewhere, but now I'm not seeing it. Um, the Miyota twenty thirty five. It's a quartz movement, standard quartz movement. It's non-EcoDrive. <laughs> I believe that the Miyota twenty thirty five is the most prevalent movement of all time. So, like two and a half to three billion units in existence. Miyota twenty thirty five. So that's not c- Citizen per se, um, but yeah, right. They're they're in that game. That's the only other thing I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. We didn't answer the question. I have, I I know what the answer is, I think, and I'm confident
0: with it. I'm comfortable with how I feel about Citizen, though. Yeah. Yeah, me
1: too. Seiko's better, and people like them because they're automatic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I got love for Citizen, and also, I want a Chrono Master.
0: Yeah. I want a ProMaster diver, or a
1: Citizen Homer. Look up a Citizen
0: Homer. Oh yeah, Just I was I was looking at one of the uh, a vintage one while we were talking while while we were researching this.
1: Andrew, my friend. Other things.
0: <laughs>
1: I know the answer. What do you got?
0: <clears throat> I got the loudest flavors ever. So I used to work for Anheuser Busch. True story. My neighbor still does. Not you, but my my direct neighbor, I used to work with him. We both get free beer from him on the regular. On the regular. And he brought over, and I've been seeing signage for the Bud Light Seltzers, the retro tie-dye pack. And he brought over a 12-pack of them. And I've been exposed to Seltzers primarily because of Everett's dietary restrictions. That are imposed <laughs> on me, and when we when we drink beer together, my occasional I've gained twenty pounds. Yeah. I'm fucked. I, you're, you're, I'm doing you're keto twice a year or or uh, once a year, protracted beerless period. Uh, and I, I like I open one. Like they're five percent alcohol, hundred calories. Like just I was like eh whatever. I'll, I'll crack one of these open. And which I, one did you crack first? I cracked the the first one I I could reach, which was the um. Blue raspberry. And I was like, I wonder what blue raspberry seltzer tastes like. Whatever. I opened it. Sounded like a beer when I opened it. I tasted it. And I, there was no more animosity for our seltzer drinking when we record. Imagine blue icy. Mm Mm-hmm. Slush poppy. It I, I was shocked by how good it was. These are terrific. I'm not usually i'm I'm not gonna be one to like gush over seltzers. Mm. The flavors on these are terrific. They're drinking they're ices. That's all they are. they They copied the icy flavor profile. They put it in a can and they made a liquid. This and thing tastes like a blue uh, a blue raspberry slush puppy. That's what it tastes like. It's exactly what it is. The twisted berry tastes red, and the cherry limeade tastes like... red. <laughs> also, like like citrusy red. <laughs> like the graveyard slush puppy. Yeah, this shit is Kool-Aid flavored seltzer. Mm, it's delicious. So if, if you walk by it and you're like for some reason burned out on white claws or something... Or you just want something to delicious to drink and never be able to get drunk drinking. This could be it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'll ever have. I don't think I'll ever have a, a white claw again.
0: No. No. I, so I do two, get the sense these are only going to be available for the summer. Hundred calories, two grams of carbs, nothing else. Yeah. And booze, five percent booze. Yeah. I'm I'm very pleased with with this drop off. Phenomenal. Yeah. So that's my other thing. I got I thoroughly enjoyed drinking them this week, and I saved some just for you. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> you, you owe me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. I do owe you. Uh, what you got? I've got another thing. Do me. Per my promise last week, this is my follow up to the yard work episode. Mm-hmm. I'm working on I'm working on a third one. I'm working on version three of this but first version two so if you remember my gomboy fanboy i am now a gomboy fanboy because the gomboy silky gomboy saw is totally awesome
0: so sexual
1: very sus uh i also needed some pruners some hand pruners and you know i'm gonna find the best one right i'm gonna research find the best one and there's a couple of options so everybody knows the company corona
0: for for the beers
1: because they make affordable affordable tools garden tools that are available in most farm stores certainly home depot lows they're cheap 17 18 bucks for a pair of corona trimmers uh, and, and they're and they're good they're good there's nothing wrong with them they're they're good but they're crappy the blades are not great they're not super sharp they will work but they're not they're not very good and for just a little bit more you get to the next tier but you got to look for them a little bit and there's two brands that i became acquainted with so the first is felco Mm felco is a swiss company they make extremely nice shit they're they're very 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 respected and the felco two pruners are probably the most popular pruner in the world and so it's a really obvious choice right get the felco two pruners yeah However. On point for tonight's episode. There's a Japanese brand. You probably haven't heard of them because they're a tiny little company, and they do really limited runs. <laughs> they make a product that's a little hard to find, whose price fluctuates wildly. But the company is ARS, and the product I'm going to talk about specifically tonight is the HP dash. V S eight Z signature heavy duty printer. So I have put my hands on some Felcos, the Felco two. They're really nice. But the main complaint to those is that the blades, which can be very sharp, do not have the most durable edge. And so you got to sharpen them. You got to sharpen them often. The ARS blades are. A little bit more durable steel, also
0: very, very,
1: very sharp.
0: You're not wearing any band-aids, I notice.
1: But probably gonna stay sharp a little longer. So I I took the flyer, I got these Japanese ones, which are presently about ten dollars cheaper than the Felcos. That helps. It's not a big deal. We're talking about fifty versus forty bucks. So for 40 bucks, I bought the AR ARS. I got them, I've done all my pruning things. I've cut hundreds of branches with these things at this point and oh my goodness they're so good
0: <laughs> I, I i'll second the hundreds of branches you, you pruned what like nine rhododendrons
1: i prune nine rhododendrons i prune all of the remaining yes i've cut hundreds of branches with these things they made they they did and yeah, you know the coronas would have done this too right but the process is so enjoyable all these pruners have a locking mechanism the locking mechanism on the ars is one-handed it is like a wedge clip situation you'll have to check it out Mm -hmm. but you set it with your thumb to lock it and you just squeeze them and it springs out to unlock them Mm. it's genius the engineering is really fun um i don't know what else to say they're pruners right they're pruners they're beautiful they're comfortable and they work really, really fucking well.
0: And perfectly in line with I'm going to research the shit out of this totally That's right. <laughs> easy to find product.
1: That's right. I'm either going to go to Coastal and buy a $15 pair of, of Coronas or I'm going to get some obscure, never heard of brand Japanese.
0: For three times as much. Dope
1: engineered.
0: And like it products. 10 times more.
1: That's right. Yep. That's right. That's my other thing. That's my other thing. We are right at an hour. We did it. Andrew, is there anything else you want to add? I am all out of things. I'm just going to go straight into it, you guys. Listen, I'm I'm just going to play the music. Thanks for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 of the Watch Clicker podcast. Check us out at the website. That is watchclicker.com. You can also check us out on Instagram at 40and20 at watchclicker. But really, just go to the dang website every dang day. We're putting up new material. We got some new writers. Mm-hmm. We got some people joining the fold. Some fun articles. Check out the the world timer article that just came out today. Although it'll be a few days for you. Yeah. If you want to support us, you can do that at Patreon.com/slash forty and twenty. That's where we get all the money we need for hosting. Again, hosting. That's something nobody thinks about. It is expensive also, occasionally, we're going to buy some, like, microphones, wires.
0: I, I chew on the microphone wires.
1: <laughs> and don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.